Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He is just an obsessive goal scorer. They have to understand I chose to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And, and the Bernabeu blinks it back! I'm, I've got a problem with soccer, to be fair. Football. Oh, what a start! What they can guarantee to you is that they want to keep everything secret. Welcome House of Champions, YouTube friends, dropping your comments and questions in that chat. And make sure you hammer the like and subscribe buttons as we take a deeper dive into La Liga content today. In the House of Champions today is Jonathan Johnson. Joining us later in the House of Champions is a late Nigel Rio Coker. Hopefully he'll be with us. There he is, Nigel Rio Coker. Round of applause. He made it, he made it, he made it. this is not your moment this is not your moment because this is ben hayward's moment welcome to the channel ben how you doing buddy thanks very much ian pleased to be here hi guys we're not normally late like this so we're gonna give nigel 20 seconds to explain why he was not on time go ahead Uh, hold on hold on on first before he goes this would be grounds for a fine at a football club oh yeah big fine what's the fine jj Thousand a minute. Uh, gonna gonna have to demand awesome, two bottle mate. two bottles of your best cognac. Yeah, mate, it's too expensive <laughs> stuff. I'm not gonna waste it on Ian. You must be crazy, Ben. Hey, yeah, listen, but Ian, no. Nigel, because you're so late, we have to hustle through this one because we only have Ben for a few minutes, you know. So we've got to get fired into. All oh. right, let's get into it. We want to discuss a lot about what's happening with the La Liga because we have Ben with us here. Spent so much time over in Spain. Ben, thank you so much for joining us on House of Champions. Uh, we're real honored to have you with us. Um, I want to start with just basically discussing a bit of breaking news from Fabrizio Romano this morning, discussing Jude Bellingham. He said Real Madrid are close to completing a deal to sign Jude Bellingham. Confirmed negotiations are uh, progressing to the final stage. 
stages. And now a meeting has been scheduled to complete the agreement with Borussia Dortmund. Your overall thoughts here, Ben, and what are you hearing? Yeah, everything that I've heard indicates that that move is close. Bellingham is Real Madrid's top target uh, for the summer. And uh, the, yeah, the, the things have progressed uh, recently. And, and yeah, I, I think we'll see him at Real Madrid next season. I think it's uh, an incredible uh, move for him uh, and also for the club. And it kind of is in line with their policy, isn't it, of signing kind of the best young, talented players in the world. We've seen it with uh, Chouameni and Kamavinga over the last couple of years. And to add Bellingham to that midfield, uh, they seriously mean business. Uh, you know, everybody spoke at Real Madrid and, uh, in terms of Real Madrid about how to kind of uh, renovate and, and regenerate that midfield with, with Luka Modric, Toni Kroos, obviously Casemiro who left last summer. And they're doing it already. And uh, yeah, I think it's kind of ominous for everybody else, but a very exciting move for him and for the club as well, if it, if it goes ahead. Well, he may be late, but he's more often right than he is wrong. That is, of course, our Nigel Riococo. A round of applause to you, Nigel, because you predicted this one and you actually said this would be the best move for Jude Bellingham. So I'm guessing this news is a real pleasure for you. I wouldn't say I predicted it. I just gave my opinion and I think that is the best move for him. You know, I think so many times we see English talent go abroad. They do so well and they go back to the Premier League because coming from England, we are actually programmed to a certain level that... The Premier League is the only league and the best league in the world. And it's I'm not that mindset. You know, there is respectable leagues other out there who are very competitive. I think for me, at the age that Jude Bellingham is and what he's doing, Real Madrid is the best choice for him. You know, go out on the biggest stage in world football, show what you can do. And you can also learn a lot more different cultures, which is only going to benefit the English national team. Because most national teams that win at the highest level competitions that we see, half of their players are based all around Europe in different domestic foreign leagues. English mentality is still staying to the, the Premier League of the Golden Do Goose. And there's so much respect for leagues out there. And this is the best decision he could have made, in my opinion. JJ, I know he's a Brummie lad and you're probably disappointed that he didn't choose to go to Aston Villa here. But uh, this is probably a great move. And what a magnificent move this is for Birmingham City as well, to see one of their products moving on, potentially signing for Real Madrid. I mean, this is incredible. Yeah, I mean, less said about Birmingham City, the better. But uh, for Bellingham, <laughs> I, I, th I think it's logical that he's moving to a to a club of the you know the profile of Real Madrid. I mean, I just you know I'm, I I look at this sort of you know Real Madrid were fixated on Kylian Mbappe for so so long, and now suddenly they've managed to land you know not only Bellingham, but they've all, already got Chouameni, they've got Camavinga in the midfield. I mean, they're set for the future. You know, we're talking about sort of how long Real Madrid can continue to squeeze the last of the summer wine out of this current crop of brilliant players, yet they've got, you know, the next generation now coming through. I mean, that midfield, I mean, assuming that it will be a midfield, uh, you know, and Camavinga's move to fullback doesn't, you know, become permanent. That is a brilliant midfield moving forward, uh, you know, and a great move for Bellingham as well. Uh, you know, as much as I, I know that Premier League fans would have loved to see him sort of come back home and play in England once more. I think having one of your country's best players at one of the biggest clubs in the world where he's going to learn to be a winner, no disrespect to, to Borussia Dortmund, but you don't do too much of that, uh, you know, there. I think, uh, you know, going to a real club where you know there's going to be an expectation to, to be challenging for top silverware every single season that will only benefit Jude Bellingham's game and I do think you know at some point before the end of his career surely a return to England in the Premier League beckons uh, you know but to have sort of you know the 
a good at least sort of five-year stint in Real Madrid or with Real Madrid in Spain, uh, you know, I think will we'll only benefit him culturally, as Nigel already touched upon. Ben, quick question for you. How much of a big signing for La Liga will this be, would you say, in your opinion? I think it'd be a massive signing for La Liga, um, Nigel, because, you know, uh, it's very difficult for the, at the moment for for any clubs uh, in any leagues to be able to compete with the Premier League. So, uh, but this shows, and it, it's also something that we all know, that, that Real Madrid uh, and Barcelona uh, kind of sit apart. They can still attract these kind of players. Uh, and all right, they've had to um, to kind of reduce their spending a little bit o- over the last kind of few years uh, to be able to still compete for these top players. Uh, but they can still attract them. Um, I think any player... Uh, when linked with the likes of Real Madrid or Barcelona, uh, you know, uh, that's exciting. And, you know, what you were saying about English players uh, going, being reluctant to go to La Liga, I, th- I think that's something that's been a little bit disappointing. We haven't seen very many. Obviously, we, David Beckham was up there, uh, Gareth Bale uh, from the Premier League as well. Uh, I, I think it says a lot about his kind of um, attitude and, and his ambition that he wants to to go and play out there. But it's a massive statement signing for La Liga, definitely. I've got one, just to follow up to what you just said there. Is there a um, a perception in Spain that English players are not technically good enough or of a high enough level to play in La Liga? Is that still the perception? I think there has been, Nigel, definitely. Uh, I do think that that's, that's changing. And I think... Um, uh, it, it's changed with, uh, with, with you know, the, the, the English national team and, and how they've progressed over the last few years. I think Spanish people uh, kind of recognise that as well, the progress that's been made. Uh, but definitely when, when Bale was at Real Madrid, there was still, uh, you know, there was bits of criticism here and there about him being more of an athlete um, than, uh, than a technically great player. And let's be honest, he had both of those uh, in his locker, he was technically uh, extraordinary as well. So uh, I, I, I do think there has been a bit of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, in Bellingham, they, they're getting uh, a guy who's technically his, is as good as you can get. Ben, I'm going to stare the pot. Bell is Welsh, just like Ian is Scottish, <laughs> right? Not English. <laughs> all right? Separate them from us. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but still, uh, you know, a player coming from the Premier League, coming from the UK, uh, you meant British. I mean, that's a bit What's that's that? a bit disrespectful to Trippier's <laughs> legacy though, no? Trippier did very well also, by the way. Yeah, All right, let's move on. We got some great comments coming in right now. Uh, Mahid coming in and saying, Well, my opinion was also the same, but Bill changed it. Then we have Bellingham replacement for Modric from Musto. Uh, then we have reports coming in that Jude Bellingham has signed a six-year deal from Mahid. Oscar saying, JJ, that's the point right there. Real Madrid DNA will only benefit him going forward. Lovely comment from Matt Osman. I wonder how much Jaden Sancho uh, influenced Jude's decision not to go to a Premier League team. That's a great comment right there. Our RM Zidane, he's saying, Camavinga, Chalmany, Valverde, Bellingham, Cabellos, all set for the next 10 years for Real Madrid. And then, oh, Christ almighty, here we go. Vic jumping in and saying, only Nigel can drop the Powerball prediction right there. Enough of that, okay? Last comment comes in once again from RM Zidane. He says, as a Real Madrid fan, that made my day after Real Sociedad lost. 
Ben, that's where I'm going next. Um, Real Madrid obviously losing to Real Sociedad yesterday. It was a dreadful goal, obviously, to give away. And then, of course, later stages, the game changed a little bit as they were pushing for a goal. Second spot now in jeopardy with Atleti chasing very close behind. They have a great a game today, 4 p.m. Eastern um, against Cadiz, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, are we getting the feeling here, Ben, that maybe priority for Real Madrid is, of course, focusing on cup competition than it is domestically now? Yeah, I think so, Ian. You know, obviously, Real Madrid won't want to finish third in La Liga, but if they can win the Copa del Rey, if they can, uh, you know, win the Champions League or, or even get to the final, or even where they are in the Champions League, priorities are clearly elsewhere. They played against Real Sociedad, for me, like a team whose mind was elsewhere. Uh, that mistake from, from Militao, who is prone to lapses in concentration, obviously uh, something that he needs to sort out. But uh, yeah, you know, starting with Mariano uh, in attack, that's something that, that Real Madrid would not do uh, in a game of importance. I think despite everything that Ancelotti has said, he knew that La Liga uh, is gone, uh, you know, especially after Barcelona's win yesterday. Uh, and so the, the priority is elsewhere. It's obviously the, the Copa final uh, and the massive Champions League semi-final two games against Manchester City. Uh, but they won't want to finish third in La Liga. But, you know, it's not very high in their list of priorities. Uh, I've got a couple for you, Ben. But before I come to you, I want to come to Nigel. I just want to see if he can pronounce Real Sociedad or Ander Baranechea. I think I got is that. Is that correct? What? Ben, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to you for the pronunciation. That was good. That was good. Nigel. Why are you coming to when you just said his name? So the player you're talking about, you just said his name. Move on. Let's yeah, go. But it doesn't matter that I can say it. Can you say it? No, I cannot say it. <laughs> All right, Ben, uh, coming back to you. So I think we're going to touch on uh, Carlo and Giannis being, uh, you know, something of soulmates in, uh, in a moment. But we've been talking about Real Madrid a fair bit now in the last couple of weeks. And it kind of feels like for a while now they've been picking and choosing the games where they deliver performances and others where they just look completely disinterested and, you know, wish that they were anywhere but there. And it's, you know, when they turn up and perform like we saw against, you know, home against Almeria, Benzema hitting a hat-trick. And then in a game like this where, you know, Sociedad would actually give them more of a test, uh, you know, in preparation for their Champions League clash against uh, City. Do you feel like it's too close to a big match, so they're saving themselves and that juice, you know, completely for the City game? Uh, or, you know, is it just easier for them to get up for some of the games at home domestically because they know that they're not going to challenge for, for La Liga and have known that for a while now? Yeah, I think it's a couple of things, John. I think the, the team selection reflected also their priorities, like I say, starting with Mariano in attack. Uh, that's something that, that they would never do normally. But, you know, uh, they needed to give Benzema a rest they can't um, pick him every week, um, but he's absolutely key um, to to their hopes of of winning anything, to winning the the, the final, the weekend of winning, you know, uh, the Champions League or progressing. So uh, I think that that's one thing, and uh, and yeah, there's always been a, an element of that about Real Madrid. If you look at their Champions League wins over the last kind of um, five, six, seven years, uh, you know, often they haven't won. La Liga. But when it comes to the Champions League, to the big knockout games, uh, they seem to be able to raise their game for the biggest moments. Um, so I think uh, it, it's a combination of those two things. And also because they know that, that, that La Liga is gone now. And so um, the priority is uh, moves on to, to the weekend, to Saturday. Uh, they don't want to get injured. 
uh, and they'd look distracted, let's be honest. Uh, so I, th I think it's a combination of factors. Uh, but once they're in a final or a big semi-final, you see a very different Real Madrid, and that's what we've oh, yeah. witnessed in the last few years. I just want to add to that, Ben. For me, I've always said to the guys that I feel that Real Madrid are a club that seems to prioritise the Champions League. I understand, yes, it's nice to win the domestic league, but I feel that up top and with the players that they're having, when you look at the performances, the Champions League seems to be their golden goose to still dominate that competition and be seen as the best club in the world. Do you get that sense? Or Yeah, no, absolutely. In Spain, Nigel, they very much see it as their competition. And, uh, you know, I, I remember, um, you know, commenting when I was, was in Spain, even with, with people who worked at the club saying, you know, it's a, it, it's a shame about La Liga that you're not able to replicate that form. And they're like, yeah, but, you know, we, we win the Champions League. That's it. And, you know, you can't argue with that. It's absolutely massive. But I suppose the squad has been um, conditioned in a way to, uh, to, to winning the, the biggest trophy of all. Uh, and to do that, you, you don't have to dominate week in, week out for the for the whole season, but you have to get your fitness and preparation um, and everything just right for those huge games in April uh, and May. And they've been absolute masters of that over yeah, the last exactly. uh, you know, few years. And you can't argue with it. You know, they keep on winning it. So something's working. Yeah, well said. I mean, that's fantastic. And JJ has been saying that and pointing out to us that they are this team that just continues to show up at the right moments in the right competition. They continue to do so and it impresses us every single time. Even though most of us who are in the soccer world, we kind of write them off at some stage of the season. We think that they, surely they can't do it again. And then all of a sudden, there they are, final four, looking to lift yet again another trophy. Now, mentality is obviously a key thing for a lot of professional players, but also coaches as well. And we have sort of witnessed sort of a love affair between everybody around the world. And Giannis, uh, Nigel, hopefully I correct, uh, get the, the pronunciation of this. Wrong I'm not here. Nigerian, so it doesn't matter. And to Compo. I can't even pronounce his name. Giannis, I'd like to call him over here. Uh, but take a look at this video and then we'll discuss what Ancelotti had to say about it afterwards. There's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days, some days you are able to uh, be successful. Some days you're not. Some days it's your turn. Some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports about. You don't always win. Some other other people's gonna win. And this year somebody else is gonna win. Similar as that, we're gonna come back next year. Try to be better. Try to build good habits. Try to um, play better. Not have a ten day stretch with uh, playing bad basketball. You know, and hopefully we can win a championship. I absolutely love this. I mean, I know a lot of people around the world do as well. And just to point out here, I went up to just search his pronunciation, Nigel. And in Nigerian, it's actually pronounced differently than it is in Greek, as you would imagine is. here. Ande Tukompo is in Nigerian and Ante Tukompo is in um, Greek. So there you go. Not, not sure that a, means much to you, but... That's a poor African accent. It's like, hey, my hey, is, hey, listen, hey. my middle name is Shola. To you guys, to you Western Europeans. To an African, it's Shola. There you go. I'm a little bit offended by the way you said you guys right there. Uh, but let's move on with Ancelotti's <laughs> comments here. Nigel, listen, I thought Ancelotti's reaction here was absolutely fantastic. He said what Gianna said was fantastic in itself. Failure is when you don't try to do something as well as you can. When you try your best, you have clear conscience. And that's never a failure, not just in sport, but in life. He also went on to say that he'd have a house filled with trophies uh, of all the trophies that he lost, which I thought was absolutely fabulous. So, I mean, your thoughts, Nigel, on this mentality and how it is impressive to see Ancelotti react in this way from Giannis it doesn't surprise me 
Um, Carlos Ancelotti is one of the greatest managers we've seen in world football. And I'm not surprised he buys into that. And that's how he keeps um, teams motivated with top class talent. I think if you can get that mindset in players, which is the mindset that I had, and I had to learn that because sometimes I've spent too much time in my early in my career fighting, fighting, always proving. And then it gets to a point where you're like, as long as you can look at yourself in the mirror, knowing you gave it all, that's all you can control. And it's a true mentality. The problem is sometimes is some journalists don't want that. Some journalists want to make a story. They want to create something. And all the times when you see these documentaries coming out now and the likes of Michael Jordan and what he used to do and all that, I think a lot of it is cobblers. There's being competitive. I've played with players who hate losing in training and I understand that they hate losing. But some of this other stuff that people say, oh, that's why he's so great. I think a lot of it is cobblers because there gets a point where you have to have the balance of reality. You're not always going to win. You're not going to win every single week. You have to learn to keep mentally strong. And I think the best and the top players know as long as they performed to the highest level of their capability, that's what they control. And that's it. You can look at yourself in the mirror and that's it. That's I, I had that mentality, so I'm not surprised. It's a word in the way that Giannis reacted to the word failure. I just thought that the way he handled this whole situation was was really impeccable. And I think, JJ, this has made worldwide news with the way that he responded here. You guys get a reaction over there in Paris as well from this? I mean, France itself is a country that does keep a close eye on sort of what's going on in uh, in NBA. Uh, you know, it's a, you know, quite a, a multi-sport in country so football is not necessarily kind of uh, you know dominant in terms of like the the topics of discussion so obviously NBA is quite high up there given uh, you know some of the the French stars have over in NBA and you know you've got one of the the budding stars of the basketball world as well currently playing his trade uh, you know over here actually just down the road from me uh, but uh, it's uh, you know I wouldn't say that I'm I'm too surprised and I think there's a lot of sort of kind of longing glances from France towards, um, you know, these kind of shows of professionalism, especially at this moment in time where you look at sort of PSG as the, the flagship uh, team in, in France and for, for Ligue 1, you know, a complete and utter mess at this moment in time. No professionalism in sight at all. Uh, and then you've got, uh, you know, sort of Real Madrid, this, this institution, this footballing institution that kind of wins trophies at will and doesn't even almost have to try it that hard. And that's because of sort of the expectation, this winning mentality and culture that has been built up over decades. Uh, you know, and there was just this, I, I don't, there was this expectation or this... Um, uh, you know, this kind of wait for PSG to, to kind of develop a similar culture, which has never come into being. And despite adding, you know, absolutely you know, serial winners in terms of titles, you know, your Messi's, your Ramos's, that still hasn't rubbed off, uh, you know, on PSG in either in terms of the players or in terms of the club. And it's almost impossible to, you know, to, 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 to you know, to, to look at that, to take that blueprint and you know, just put it into a club, uh, you know, like a like a PSG. PSG even tried it with Carlo Ancelotti, and they didn't show him the patience that they needed. The joke's been on them for the last ten years or so because Ancelotti's gone on and won so many massive titles. Uh, you know, and PSG still don't have what they crave. I love that JJ has been hammering me for the Best Buy guys for years. And now all of a sudden, we can't hear a thing he's saying. His internet has gone since the sun has turned out in Paris. And uh, yeah, now... Look who's laughing. Ben, I'm coming to you quickly before we do head to a break here. I mean, obviously, Real Madrid is an institutional football. Ancelotti has shared his idea. Do Real Madrid share the same idea that obviously failure, it can happen in sports as well? Or, I mean, is this just something that is Ancelotti's mindset? I mean, 
historically, and it's it's not uh, a mentality that they share. We've seen that, obviously. This is a club that sacked uh, Jupp Henkes after he won the Champions League uh, back in 1998, <laughs> uh, I think it was. Uh, you know, Fabio Capello, two spells at Real Madrid, won, won La Liga both times, out of the door both times. Uh, you know, Ancelotti himself, in his first spell, obviously won the Copa del Rey in Champions League in his first season. The second season, couldn't back it up with another trophy at the end of the season, and, and he was out. So, um, yeah, I, I, I love uh, these quotes as well. I, I echo what you guys have already said about it. And I really liked Ancelotti's reaction as well. I thought, I thought it was great. Um, whether Real Madrid think the same as him, I don't know. Or we'll have to see. And certainly, I feel like they need to end the, the, the season with at least one trophy uh, for there to be any chance of him staying at the club beyond the summer. Real quickly, one word answer. Will Ancelotti be the boss of Real Madrid next year? Sorry, ben, is this to you? Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, my gut instinct is no, actually. My gut instinct is no. I feel like um, it's a convenient time for, for, for him uh, and for the club uh, to kind of move on. He's achieved across two spells pretty much everything he can. At Real Madrid, and I really I feel like he's genuinely tempted by this Brazil offer uh, to go and manage Brazil. That is an an, an amazing job, and he knows that you know Real Madrid isn't going to go on forever and ever. It doesn't get any better than this. I think they'll move on in the summer, whatever happens, uh, and I think he'll go down as one of their greatest ever managers. So it's it's a win-win. Yeah, well said. And also, I can tell you've been hanging out with JJ when I say one word answer and you give us 45 different words right there to answer the Ancelotti one, Ben. We love you. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break here on House of Champions. More from Ben and the boys when we return as we turn our attention to Copa del Rey next. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to House of Champions. Enjoy Jonathan Johnson, Nigel Real Coker, and we welcome in Ben Hayward to the show. Real quickly, before we let Ben go away from here, we're going to quick chat about the Copa del Rey final that's coming up on May 6th, Real Madrid against Osasuna. Um, I'll come to you, Ben, obviously, on this one. It has been a long time since they've got that title, Real Madrid. Um, we can tell that maybe Champions League has been more preference. Winning the La Liga title has been more of a preference. But um, you get the feeling now that Real Madrid are going to really focus on trying to win this trophy against Osasuna. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's been a while, as you said. It's been nine years. Can you believe it? Since that Gareth Bale goal uh, against Barca at, at Mestalla, uh, which uh, was just last month, wasn't it? The anniversary. Yeah, the, the Real Madrid get to a final and they want to win it. And when it's a competition, it doesn't matter. Is the Copa del Rey? Of course, it's not highest in their list of priorities. Uh, but when they haven't won it for a while, uh, and look at how they got there. Remember how they got there by beating Barcelona 4-0 at Camp Nou in the, in the second leg of the semifinals, where not many people kind of gave them a chance. Uh, and so, yeah, they want to win it. Don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a final. And, and um, you know, we were talking about failure before. Uh, if they don't win it, they, they will still see it as, as, as certainly a failure and a, and a big chance missed. So they'll be up for it. No doubt about that. Well, I mean, I think as well now, you know, now that they're here, sort of, if they can win the Copa del Rey, it kind of safeguards them against the possibility that they maybe lose out to Manchester City in the Champions League as well. Because despite Real knowing sort of how deep they can dig into those reserves and, you know, get some blasts of brilliance from the likes of Benzema, Kos, perhaps Modric, if he is fit enough over the two legs, uh, you know, I do think sort of having that silverware in the bank enables them to turn around and say, you know, at least the season wasn't a, a total failure. I'm sure that they would have liked to have, uh, you know, run Barca closer at the top of La Liga and certainly wouldn't welcome potentially losing out to Atletico Madrid. But at the end of the day, you know, winning a Copa del Rey and getting to the semifinals of the Champions League, if not better, uh, you know, looks a, a damn sight better than sort of being beaten in the semis and also, uh, you know, being on the uh, receiving end of a, of a cup set in the Copa del Rey. Nigel, coming to you on this one. Obviously, it's a, a cup final and a chance for Real Madrid to lift yet again another title. But let's not mistake, this is also sooner they're coming up against and uh, they're not an easy team to beat here. Is is Real Madrid, obviously, for you, perfect. It has to be a favourite in this game. But what about the Luka Modric injury? I know you're obviously someone who is a big fan of Luka Modric and what he's done. You've played against him. And we've spoken about him in depth yesterday about his quality and talent. But without him in midfield, I mean, they're lacking something now. Just a little bit of experience. That's about it. But you talk about quality. You've got Valverde. You've got Camavinga. You've also got Chuamini who can be in there. You've got Kraus. So I just think it's just that lack of experience that they'll slightly miss. But that burden can come on the other experienced players that they have in that team uh, for that young midfield. You'd have to say Real Madrid are the favourite. I'm not saying Osasuna are any pushovers. But again, it's like what Ben said. You know, I think that they know they can't win the league. This can be the first, obviously, major trophy that they win this year. And I personally feel, my opinion is, their priority is the Champions League. And I think when you look at it as well, with everything we've spoke about coming into a ball again, Ancelotti's comments is an individual thing of how he coaches that dressing room. They know they're facing Manchester City. Manchester City are trying to emulate what Real Madrid are. There's greater motivation for them to beat Manchester City and win the Champions League again. So I think that these two things would be great. And then maybe Ancelotti goes and because Rio is calling. Love to hear it there, Nigel Rio Coco, with the predictions once again. A lot of people jumping in the chats and uh, giving you a lot of praise for that one. All right, we're going to take another quick break. When we do come back, we're going to turn our attention to the Champions League final, uh, semi-final Real Madrid against Manchester City. While we've got Ben here with us, stick around. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're a U.S.-based fan of a beautiful game, Paramount Plus is an absolute must-have subscription from Serie A to the Champions League to NWSL and so much more in between. Not sure it's for you? Then you can try one month for free by using the code EUROPE. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Champions. Enjoy alongside Jonathan Johnson. There's Nigel Rio Coker, and we have Ben Hayward with us as well. Uh, ben, let's turn our attention to the Champions League. Real Madrid up against Manchester City. Two delicious ties to look forward to. Uh, who do you favor going through here? Obviously, recognizing that this is Real Madrid's tournament, Manchester City so desperate to win it with Pep, uh, but City in great form right now. Well, you know, Ian, if you'd asked me the same question last year, I probably would have said, Manchester City, right? Because uh, everything seemed to suggest that they would go through. And right up until the end of the tie, it was just unbelievable, wasn't it? Going into the 90th minute, they were 5-3 up on aggregate. It just, uh, Real Madrid did not lie down. So, you know, rule them out at your peril. I'm certainly not going to do that. I just feel this year, uh, though, <laughs> having said that, uh, that City are, are so strong uh, with uh, having added Erling Haaland uh, to their to, to their awesome team, and I feel like it's a matter of time before they win it. Uh, I'd make them slight favourites, but I certainly wouldn't rule out Real Madrid. Ben, I'm just going to advise you: please do not drink from Ian Joy's Kool Aid because you'll start making silly prediction like him. Right? There's no way. I think Real Madrid have the tools to beat this Manchester City side. I understand about Kevin De Bruyne and Erling Haaland, but you've got to look at the threat. Whenever Manchester City have been in serious problems. It comes from pace and teams who can counterattack. And Vinicius Jr., for me, is the main star and the face of La Liga. And he's going to be eager to put City to the sword again. He'll continue to want to enhance his reputation. Let's not forget Rodrigo. And obviously, Benzema is a class act. As much as, as Real Madrid have to worry about Erling Haaland, Manchester City's defence have to worry about Benzema. I think it's going to be a cracking game. But I, I see Real Madrid... Real Madrid doing it again. And st stay away from Ian's Kool-Aid, Ben. Trust me. It's not going to do anything. <laughs> but throw, throwing this to Ben, does the potential absence of Modric for at least one of these two legs not change that slightly from a Real perspective? Do you know, I'm not sure. First of all, I, I think he could feature. Um, I'm hearing that you know, maybe even in, in the final of the Copa, he, he, he might be ready to, to play some part off the bench. And I feel like uh, that could even be good to have him in reserve against uh, <clears throat> talking about the, the Copa you know against a very aggressive and intense team in, in Osasuna taking it ahead to the, the, the Champions League as well uh, having him as a player who's uh, going to at 38 years old um, you know perhaps uh, struggle in that kind of situation but coming on late in the game when the, the space has opened up a bit um, you know um, when players are a bit more tired that could be ideal for Real Madrid. I mean, Luka Modric is, is a player you, you definitely want to have in your in your ranks for, for this kind of test. Uh, but they've got plenty of other great midfielders as well. So um, I think having him on the bench would be okay for Real Madrid. 
Hey, Ben, it's great having you here with us on House of Champions. We really appreciate your time, but we're not done just yet because I want to discuss a little bit about Karim Benzema and uh, the fact that his last 11 Champions League goals have come against English opposition. I mean, it's an unbelievable statistic, really, when you consider such a goal scorer. He was obviously a little bit slow getting back into consistent form at the beginning of the season, maybe missing out on him a number of games and, and certainly missing a couple of great opportunities in other games. But this type of run, scoring against English teams, it goes to back Nigel up here that Manchester City may be a team that is focused on what they do going forward. But if you make one mistake, if you give one inch to Karim Benzema and the players around him obviously recognize um, how great Rodrigo is, how great Vinicius has been. But Karim Benzema's goal scoring record in this competition is sensational against English teams. Yeah, he's extraordinary, uh, Ian. And it, he's doing it consistently against the very best. Uh, you talk about the English teams. Uh, you know, he did it hat-trick against Barca, uh, hat-trick last season against Paris Saint-Germain. You know, he's up for the for the very biggest matches uh, year in, year out. And yes, it's taken him some time. I think the, the fitness problems he's had this season are understandable given his age. Uh, the, the, tried to get fit for, for the World Cup and that didn't happen. And then, you know, had to miss a, a load of games. And when he was playing... He, he, he just wasn't himself. And I think that's part of the reason why we haven't seen Real Madrid really challenging in La Liga. They haven't been consistent enough. But when he's playing, he is just, his scoring record is wonderful. Goalkeepers obviously uh, get very nervous when he's around. How many mistakes does he provoke from, from goalkeepers? Uh, you mentioned Vinicius and Rodrigo. He makes them so much better, both of those players. He's constantly giving them advice. He's dropping deep to create spaces for them. Uh, yeah, he's just brilliant. And over 350 goals now for Real Madrid. And just the, you know, think back to when Cristiano Ronaldo was at the club. He was very much uh, playing a sacrificial role. Uh, but since Ronaldo left, he's stepped up in terms of goals as well. And uh, yeah, just aging like fine wine. Just incredible to watch. Just like Nigel Rio Coker, but I've heard from Nigel Rio Coker. JJ, I'm coming back to you because it looks like you're back in HD and hopefully your sound is back in HD as well. <laughs> Just talking about Karim Benzema and this record against English teams, his last 11 goals that he scored in the Champions League against English opposition. How has this been taken over in France, obviously in particular? Um, but what is your thoughts overall on the fact that Benzema could have a big impact as to how this tie plays out? Well, the sound and images might be in HD, but I can't guarantee you that the takes will be in HD, but I'll try my best. I mean, obviously, Benzema is of huge interest over here in France, defending Ballon d'Or, uh, title holder, and, you know, arguably one of the best players in the world still, despite a bit of an on and off season. And, you know, there is a lot of attention paid to what he does uh, with Real, especially on the Champions League stage. Also, uh, you know, based on this sort of controversy behind him not being in the France squad of the World Cup, you know, that's obviously made him... Anyway, JJ, mate, it's, it's like great to have you, man. Um, unfortunately, in the Los Angeles 405 freeway, someone's just crashed their car listening to you, <laughs> trying to figure out what the hell is wrong with the radio system right there. For everybody out there on the podcast, we do apologize. JJ is having some issues with his sound and audio. Uh, ben, before we go, Nigel, you want to add something before we let Ben go? Oh, man, this is too funny. I'm sorry. The French are on strike, everybody. The French are always striking. JJ's... Uh, yeah, anyway, Ben, tell us and our fans quickly about this phenomenal 15-year-old at Barcelona. What do you know about him? What have you seen about him? What can you add about this young lad? Yeah, uh, Lamine Yamal, very exciting young player, uh, young attacking player. Obviously came on at the 
weekend to become the youngest player uh, in their history in a, in a competitive game. 15 years old, born July the 13th, 2007, guys. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. If that doesn't make you feel old, uh, makes me feel old. But uh, yeah, no, really exciting young player. Uh, he's a winger. He's got uh, pace and trickery. He scores goals. He plays for uh, the, the juvenile A side. Not even for Barca B, the, the, their actual youth team. He's not old enough to represent them yet. Imagine that. So uh, he's very exciting. Uh, I know that they were keen to give him his debut because there are some problems with his contract as well. And uh, his father is a Real Madrid fan. And they are keen... To get him involved, get him playing as much as possible, uh, make him feel important because they see him as a big part of their future because they uh, don't want him to, to possibly leave the club uh, and to go to Real Madrid. He's already uh, represented by Jorge Mendes, uh, which is not maybe the best sign either. So uh, there's, there's some strategic um, thinking in giving him his debut at 15 years old as well. Uh, but if he stays, they see him as a very big part of their future, Nigel, definitely. Very last one, Ben, that's, from that's me. I'm sticking on Barcelona. That was really interesting, actually. I yeah. love to hear that as well. Real Madrid fan father, not bad <laughs> at all. Uh, Matteo Alemani uh, from Barcelona, the resignation. I mean, uh, this is the last question before we do let you go because I know you got to go. Um, what does it mean for Barcelona? I mean, this is obviously a key figure behind the scenes with Barcelona, now gone. Absolutely key figure, Ian. And, you know, they're rebuilding over the last kind of uh, year, year and a half since... Um, since Juan Laporta came back as president. And it's it's a, something that's kind of taken us all by surprise, really. Um, unexpected. Um, he's, he's done a, a great job for Barcelona. And uh, I've seen, you know, it said that it doesn't reflect very well on, on Barcelona or on, or on La Liga, that they can't compete financially with Aston Villa, um, a, a club that are, are not in the top six of, of the Premier League, although albeit they're quite close. Hey, they're getting there, Ben. They're getting there. They're getting there. They're, no, there. Unai Emery's doing a, a great job over there and, and with Matteo Aleman beside him, I think they could they could really do great things. As for what it, what it means for Barca, I don't think it's just financial. I think there's something else behind it. There's rumours uh, in Spain that it, it, there, there's perhaps opposition about maybe re-signing Lionel Messi. Uh, something has happened uh, at the moment. It, it's not clear what's going on. Uh, but I do think it's a big blow for, for Barca. They've been very clever in their recruitment over the last kind of year or so. And that's enabled them to, to get back on track in, in La Liga. And I think they'll get back on track in Europe as well soon. Um, but it's a blow. It's definitely a big blow for them. Ben, where can people follow you? We have a large following. Everybody wants to track where our guests are, where they can find them, where they can make contact with them. Where can people follow you? I know you recently made the move back to the UK as well, so congrats for that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so uh, on t Twitter and Instagram at BG Hayward, um, you can follow my stuff. And uh, I've also started a, a sub stack this year, so uh, you'll be able to find the links on there for that as well. Nigel, can we give a golf clap for Ben Hayward? Of Thank course. you very much, Ben. We appreciate you, Ben. Nigel, appreciate you as well. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. Also to House of Champions, take a minute to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Also available uh, as video, so subscribe to us on YouTube as well. We do apologize for Jonathan Johnson's unfortunate sounding. And if you're watching on YouTube, the way he looked, uh, didn't do his hair this morning. I thought it was just the lack of HD, but it wasn't. It was, uh, you know, the French on strike, as Nigel Rioco predicted.
But this has been a great show, and it's been great to have Ben a part of it as well. We hope you come back at some time, Ben, and uh, join us once again. All right, appreciate it, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you again next time. Ciao. Bye. Cheers.